Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Brad needs a better last name. All with you here for one more hour. That's better than Bogish? It, well, at least Mikey B, PDB, Bogish, Biseglia, Bilotti, Bogish, the Bs fit together. And then he throws an H in there. Uh. At least if your buddy Marco Belletti was here, the alliteration would continue. Huh. Yeah, eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. All of these shenanigans coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Uh, so I think one of the picks that I made correctly on Friday uh, was the Indianapolis Colts. I thought losing a close game to Houston, they actually win in Houston yesterday. And yes, there was a Tom Savage rally. That fell just short at the end. But until then, uh, Tom Savage was Tom Savage, which was not much. And T.J. Yates, I believe, got the honor of being the number two quarterback on Sunday with Matt McGloin. Uh, He also signed during the week post-Deshaun Watson torn ACL. uh, Was inactive for this one. We said it last week. I'll say it again briefly. If you're you're the Texans, and I know you're not, um, but Mm -hmm. again, this is... This is why this conversation matters and why anything that any argument that you've got against him being in the NFL is nonsense. Uh, there is a far better quarterback available, sitting, waiting to play, and the Houston Texans, by all accounts, are not even thinking about talking to Colin Kaepernick, which, again, in this league of we, don't, we make football decisions, whatever helps us win, the Texans and everybody else are making choices against winning football games yeah. by not talking to this, to this man. Yeah. Uh, there are reports out now that the Texans have had those brief discussions, and I don't know uh, how much validity we could add to that, but um, it, it's amazing the guys who are getting signed. And, and are you going to lose some of your fan base? Yeah, you're going to lose some of your fan base, but you may gain uh, some fans a, a, as well. And, and I had an interesting conversation with a good friend last night who just retired from the Marine Corps. And uh, he shared some of his thoughts on, on, on this situation, and, and I'll share them with you. He, he says, for the record, I did what I did in the Marine Corps to protect the freedoms of everyone. This whole thing where kneeling during the anthem turned into an anti-military statement is total BS. I fought for Cap and everyone who has followed him to have the right uh, expletive <laughs> doesn't offend me <laughs> in the least. And, and so uh, you're going to have those who are going to be on the other side of uh, of, of that statement and that and those feelings and so uh, it's amazing that people and we've been saying this since we we've broached this topic those who don't want to see that there is an issue out in our society uh, where there are disparities in incarceration there are disparities in the treatment of certain uh, folks uh, when it comes to law enforcement and 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 when they cry out uh, for some reason the, that's a foul and and whether they're doing it by kneeling or they're doing it. Uh, by protesting here in the streets of New York, uh, it, it's a party file. But yet those who would uh, conjure up uh, these uh, crazy uh, black helicopter ideas, these ideas that uh, the U.S. government's going to invade 
their communities and take everything they own. Uh, the Jade Helm folks down in my home state of Texas and and Senator Cruz, who has championed that cause, those folks, uh, they lend credibility uh, to that nonsense. So uh, there are going to be folks on both sides of this argument. And and, and my friend who just retired from Marine, uh, he's with those of us who want to continue to try to make this a perfect place. And as he said in his last text message uh, to me, uh, let's win together. And and so uh, this will, if the, the Texans are are serious about this, and if they or any other team uh, brings in Colin Kaepernick. And these are teams. What's interesting about this is that uh, there are teams, there are players now who who have, who've, who have carried, uh, carried on with what Kaepernick started. So they're on rosters currently. Yeah. And, and yet, if you bring in a guy who started the movement, uh, somehow, even though you're watching now, w- with there being guys on those rosters that are participating in this protest, you'll watch. But if you bring in the guy who started it, we're not going to watch. We're going to give up our season tickets. And, and so that I'm trying to square that one. It's not going to make sense. That's no. the problem. Well, that's that, this argument doesn't make sense. Making this about the military, making it about uh, disrespecting the flag, it, it makes no sense. Those are people who want to deflect and don't find any credibility in what you're protesting. So they're gonna, you're going to have what you have. We're going to continue to go around in circles. Now, meanwhile, over the weekend, uh, since we last spoke to you on Friday, reports started to come out um, that Roger Goodell... Bob Kraft, Jerry Jones, Jed York, um, Bob McNair, and one other owner whose name is escaping me now, Troy Vincent, and some other um, NFL league office personnel. Um, It's been requested that they be deposed and turn over emails and text and phone records pertaining to Colin Kaepernick for his collusion filing against the NFL. Now, we don't know if those depositions, all that stuff will actually happen. In the past, the NFL has fought to... um, you know, to, to keep these things, not private, but to keep their owners and their personnel out of such situations. Lawyers will always obviously fight to protect their clients and protect information. But, man, do I want to know what's going on. Because, again, I, for all the things I think about this situation, I can't imagine anyone was dumb enough to say something or write something on a record like, hey, let's not sign him. But, man, am I nosy, and I want to know <laughs> yes, you are. at least some of the things. that Now, the, the Kaepernick uh, lawyer team has apparently made all of their uh, requests very specific. A time period, search words. They don't just want everything because they know what will be the response from the NFL's lawyers. Yeah. So it's not like we're going to all of a sudden find out, you know, Jerry Jones asking his wife to make pork chops for dinner or that Roger Goodell – you know, likes watching, I don't know, Nickelodeon at night to, to relax. We're not going to we- find out weird, silly things like this. Um, but, you know, I, I want to get to the end of this. I want to figure this out. Um, and I just, again, I like gossip and drama, and I kind of want to hear these guys squirm uh, and find some things out that we probably shouldn't know about the situation. <laughs> well, uh, it's a fair discovery request. is a hell of a thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you would imagine they, they've covered their tracks, and, and they were where they – or somebody in their account was aware that maybe they get to this point down the road and say, hey, maybe we should get ready, get do away with this, do, it, do away with this. Maybe they go the Tom Brady route, you know, smash their cell phones or, or something <laughs> of, uh, 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 of that sort. So yeah, It's uh, funny. I, I always keep my cell phones except the one that you need. I've got mm. the two previous ones. 
and the yeah. two ones I've had since then, but I just I don't have that. Yeah, one. I've so smashed silly uh, of me. a few uh, unintentionally, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know that that's not good. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, man, you, you, you Savage tried, and they didn't score any points in the first half. Uh, I don't believe in that, that Texans ball game. So uh, they struggled offensively, and they look totally different on that side of the ball now that you don't have an elusive Deshaun Watson in the game. And, and a lot of these teams have struggled. And, and I said it a week ago when you and I were here, they, they'd rather cut off their nose to spite their face. They're, 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 this, this ship has probably sailed for Colin Kaepernick, but that's all right. You know, he, he's fighting a good cause, and those who don't believe in to hell with him. Yeah, and this is, and you know, there are situations that this might be understandable. You know, if, if this was their starter hurt, and they let's, I'm going to use the Giants as an example, right? Let's just say Eli Manning had gotten hurt yesterday um, in their horrible loss to the Rams. Now they're one and seven, and they've got Davis Webb sitting there, who they just drafted, yeah. and they're in, on track to have a top two, three pick in this coming draft, and they want to know what they should do at the quarterback position if they said, hey, these last eight games are for, for Davis Webb. I'm not going to sit here and argue against that and say you got to sign Colin Kaepernick because the ship is still in this season. Right. And you need to, I, so I no. get that. But the Texans are not doing that with Tom Savage or TJ Yates or Matt McGloin. And by the way, they're in a division that is very, very, very winnable still with their defense, even post-Watt and Merciless. Plus, we saw what the offense can be with a competent quarterback with Will Fuller and the and Hopkins so they can get things done if they go somebody to somebody who's better than what they have right now and they're choosing to ignore this one option and really just flat out shame on them. Well, yeah, and, and we and we we understand uh, that's what's going on, and they are, are really not trying to. Well, they've tried to hide it yeah. uh, to no avail. Uh, you, you you have uh, Mike McCarthy. I've got these guys in here. They've been in his offense for this many weeks, and da da da. I'm not going to bring anyone else in. And then you try to go out and trade for Brian Hoyer, and you have others who have gone gone out and, and signed guys who haven't been on a, a, a football team uh, since I was on one. I mean, it it it, it, it really. Uh, makes no sense, but we know what they're up to. And and while they may not have got, all gotten in a room and 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 sat down and said this is the route we're going to take, uh, you know they all of, are of one mindset. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's talk about actual punches uh, and actual violence on the field yesterday. Uh, this Jalen Ramsey AJ <laughs> Green fight, which you talked about, um, was I mean was real. And it's not the first time that Jalen Ramsey's been involved in this. I found uh, the internet reproduced a really strange uh, little rant he had from last September, I believe directed at Steve Smith from the game of the Ravens, called him an old man a couple of times. Um, I, Mikey B thinks you guys, you guys played on the show, uh, but Jalen was very emotional and was like doing this shoulder neck roll and has his eyes bulging out in his uh, defense of himself and his attack on Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been ejected before for fighting. Right. Now he and A.J. Green go yesterday. And apparently, Jalen Ramsey tried to go get A.J. Green in the Bengals' locker room post-ejection. Wow! And that hasn't been fully confirmed. That's a report from security uh, at Everbank Stadium. So that was one of three fights yesterday in the NFL. Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore and Jameis Winston. Uh, and then Frosty Rucker and... Uh, who was the oh and Hassan Reddick and mm-hmm. then and Carlos Hyde after right, a Beathard right. a hit on CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard slid and a defender from the Arizona Cardinals went over the top of him. Yeah, hit him while he was down and then the uh, it all 
all you know what broke loose. But yesterday was a nasty day in the it NFL. Was, it, I don't know everyone what was, was about. angry. Everyone was angry. And, you know, the Jalen Ramsey deal, as we discussed earlier, A.J. Green, you know, I'm sure they'd been going at it the entire ball game, a frustrating game for the Bengals. And and Jalen Ramsey is, is well known now in his young NFL career as a trash talker. And, and, and so – uh, he and AJ Green get into it, and he, he and AJ Green just barely placed his hand on Jalen Ramsey, and and uh, and, and, and Ramsey uh, just goes off, shoves him, shoves him, and, and, and then Green's okay, that's it, and and grabs him around the neck. The next thing you know, they're <laughs> yeah. rolling around on the ground. Man, it was just uh, upheaval uh, to the nth degree uh, there in, in, in Jacksonville, and so just a crazy afternoon in, in, in the. 49ers and in the Cardinals, that gets all out of whack. Someone shoves Carlos Hyde away from everything that's going on, and you get another scrum over there on that side. It, it was just hit after hit after hit. It, crazy, crazy. So yeah. uh, it goes on in hockey. Why not allow well, it to go on in football? I was going to say that. The, the only thing dumber than hockey players punching hockey helmets is football players punching football helmets yeah. and face masks. I mean, you're just not making contact with skin. That's why you grab him around the neck. You put him in a chokehold well, like AJ, AJ Green, Green did. Two straight punches. And wow. people were mad, even the Jaguars, that Ramsey got thrown out for that. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He's got to get tossed. He pushed him. That started it. They both fought. I know Green ends up being the, the aggressor in all of this, but they both got to get out of the game, which they did. I don't understand, and you said this off the air, I think, how Mike Evans doesn't get tossed for yeah. running through the back of Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> that's dirty John with James Winston. That's dirty. That's just that's lame and dirty on his part. To, you know, that's a sucker shove, a sucker tackle uh, by Mike Evans. I'm sure he's going to be uh, fined for that because the kid has his back to you and you just run up from behind, whiplash. I mean, you could yeah. have seriously injured uh, Marshawn Lattimore in that situation. That was weak on Mike Evans' part. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Sage Rosenfels after Brad Heller's next update. Uh, let me stay with that, that Bucks game. We already talked about uh, what Jameis didn't do in the game on the field before leaving with a shoulder injury. Now, before the game, um, he, gave us, <laughs> he gave us this gem, I guess. I don't know. This is not on the lines of Cam Newton postgame saying the Titanic must go on. Um, but I don't know. I'm putting myself in the huddle. Listen to this. I'm not sure this would get me in the place I wanted to be in to play an NFL game. No, not me. I'm good. Oh wait, a uh, uh, water burger? Uh, no, Is that got, what the W stands for? He's making the W sign with oh, his yeah. with his hand, right. and then he's he's licking his fingers mm. like mm, that tastes good. He's it does also, W tastes good? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think he had barged his way into the defensive huddle because he says I'm going to give this back to Quan in a second, mm. and then somebody jumps in like, to cut him off, like almost like at the Apollo. Like, okay, we get it, buddy. Like, come off the stage. Um, I I don't. I was impressed by Jameis, the leader during Hard Knocks. That one I don't get. That one's lost on me. Yeah. I don't want to eat a W at any point. You don't eat a W? You I don't eat a win? So. I don't think I want to eat a win. Why not? It tastes I... so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It tastes still taste good. W. Mm. All right. You would know better. Uh, yeah. That, that, okay. Yeah. We're going to eat it, Jameis. How about you go back over to the offense, W? <laughs> How about that? You go get work your on shoulder your shoulder right. Yeah. Go work on your chicken wing. Yeah. <laughs> you want to eat a chicken wing? Remember, Maybe that's what he meant. Chicken wing on me once we get back on this plane. Yeah, see, I would sign up for more crab leg jokes, too.
Ah. But, eat, but eating the W. And- that's, that's crab leg, baby. Mm. Crab legs on me after the W. <laughs> no? No. What would have been your pregame speech? Uh, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> we need a single, just a little single. Uh, S-I-N-G-L-E. Single, single, single. No? Right. <laughs> okay. Let's eat a W. Um, I'm mean, let's ask Sage Rosenfels this. His best pregame speech. There you go. Did he ever want to eat a W? <laughs> 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Sage, longtime NFL quarterback now, uh, doing a very good job in multiple ways uh, on this side of the microphone. He'll join us after Brad Heller's update. All it's next on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. All right, here's the deal. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, Hand pain or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. I can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of the people who ordered a three-week quick start for only $19.95 go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And... It's 100% drug-free. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. A call 800-500-8384. Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Gio and Jones here on CBS Sports Radio. Brian has begun uh, preparing to leave in 35 minutes. His jacket's back on now. His bag will be packed here shortly. Oh, I just got a dirty look. That wasn't good. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Sage Rosenfels checks in in just a moment. But first things first, your last update this morning from Brad Heller. All right, guys. Hi, guys. It is cold in here, though. I agree with Brian. Don't kiss up, Marco. I'm, I'm not kissing up. Marco, give me a break. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> anyway. All right, week nine in the NFL. Seven straight wins for the Eagles. And his third and four. Wentz under center. Wentz fakes, rolls, looks, fires. Touchdown! Alshon Jeffrey. The fourth touchdown pass by... Carson Wentz no, today. The Eagles Radio Network, Philly up to 8-1, and one, slamming the Broncos at home 51-23. Uh, Jared Goff also threw four touchdown passes, and the Rams also put up 51. 51-17, they routed the Giants on the road to get to 6-2, and two, while the Giants are 1-7. and seven. Saints are 6-2. and two. After starting 0-2, they pounded the Bucks at home 30-10. to 10. In Dallas, the Cowboys taking advantage of having Ezekiel Elliott on the field for at least another game. First and goal at the seventh. Snap to Prescott, rolling right, throw to Beasley, down to the two, to the pylon, touchdown to Beasley for the second time today. Cowboys Radio Network, well that was Dak Prescott hooking up with Cole Beasley for the second time. Ezekiel Elliott scored the go-ahead touchdown, Cowboys beat the Chiefs at home 28-17, Dallas is 5-3, Kansas City is 6-3. What a finish in Seattle after the Seahawks went ahead on a Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin score with a minute 34 to go. The Redskins drove down the field. 
70 yards and 35 seconds. Rob Kelly scored the game-winning touchdown on a one-yard run. Redskins stunned the Seahawks 17-14. In the Sunday night game, Marshawn Lynch, a couple of touchdowns. Raiders beat the Dolphins 27-24. A.J. Green and Jalen Ramsey ejected for fighting in the second quarter of the Jaguars. 23-7 win over the Bengals. Adrian Peterson ran for 159. Cardinals held the Niners winless 20-10 the final tonight. The 4-3 and Packers hosts the 3-4 and four Lions. From the NBA, Celtics won their 8th straight, 104-88 over the Magic. Cavaliers are 4-6. and six. They lost the Hawks, 117-115. Atlanta had come in on an 8-game losing streak. James Harden, 56 points. He had 7 threes. Rockets smashed the Jazz, 137-110. Kristaps Porzingis, career-high 40. Knicks rallied to beat the Pacers, 108-101. Thunder lost to the Blazers, 103-99. Carmelo Anthony on a strange play. He was ejected for a flagrant two-foul on a play where he actually scored, and he was the one that got fouled. And Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr., they've wrapped up championship spots in NASCAR's finale with their 1-2 finish at Texas Motor Speedway. Guys. Vroom, vroom. Brad, thanks mm-hmm. so much. Back on the phone line, or the guest line, I should say, we go, as promised. Sage Rosenfels, longtime NFL QB, joins us right now. You can read Sage tomorrow, his NFL QB article at thescore.com, and then read him Friday on The Athletic. He covers the Vikings for that side. Now he joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Sage, it's Andrew and Brian. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And listen, first things first, I'm just scrolling through your timeline, and we went to break before this uh, with me not pumped up by Jameis's Eat a W speech. Brian liked it, and you liked it, apparently. So what am, what am I missing here? Eat the W, baby! Right, Sage? <laughs> Oh, I, I, maybe you were catching my sarcasm. Oh, thank, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah, you know, Twitter is an interesting place, right? So maybe I should have hashtagged it with sarcasm or something. So, See, the, I uh, knew I liked you, the Sage. The pregame speech was just odd. Yeah. But uh, what I really thought was interesting was, you know, we've been sort of waiting for that shoe to drop uh, on Jameis Winston since he's gotten the NFL. Uh, as far as, you know, is he going to make trouble? Is he going to do something immature? Is, you know, uh, something that costs his football team? And, and I, I, I really could care less about his, you know, odd uh, pregame speech, more the fact that it seemed like he sort of started to instigate that fight yesterday, that Mike Evans uh, really was the one who who came in and, and, you know, sort of blew up that uh, that Saints player, but it seemed like James Winston, who was on the bench on the sideline, you know, sort of instigated that fight, and as I said, we've been sort of waiting for that shoe to drop. We've been sort of waiting for one of these instances that uh, you know, sort of the college Jameis Winston to come out. And I think yesterday was was probably the first time. Hopefully, it's the last because he's had, you know, for the most part, a, a very, very good career uh, in his first few years in the league. He hasn't gotten in trouble. He hasn't done anything stupid. Uh, he's been a, a franchise player. But yesterday, obviously, with that big fight, he he was right at the heart of that. Yeah, I, I said the same thing, Sage. Uh, you're getting your butts whipped thirty to three at that point, and you're on the sideline, haven't done a damn thing. Just sit over there and, and be quiet and try to figure out what you're going to do uh, the following week. Uh, I want. I'm interested to know your your grade for Tom Savage because once he was benched for Deshaun Watson, his agent came out and and basically uh, said some things he, he shouldn't have said, and, and his efforts to promote his client, Tom Savage. Okay, Tom Savage is back at the helm. You don't score in the first at the helm. You don't score in the first quarter. Uh, they do rally their lay, and he has an opportunity, fourth and goal, to, to possibly get an end zone. It doesn't come to fruition. So what grade would you give Savage on the afternoon? Well, you know, to me all that really matters for a quarterback you know, is, is the win, and they play the Indianapolis Colts with you know, a quarterback that they just signed 
uh, about what six or seven weeks ago, uh, uh, Brissett uh, from New England, and you know, and, and they couldn't beat them at home, right? So, you know, that that's a problem. And it's interesting with this Houston offense; you really have to have a. It seems like you really have to have a playmaker at the helm of this offense. That you know, even when you saw Deshaun Watson go in there, I mean, he was executing. But he was doing a lot of playmaking, and Tom Savage is not a playmaker, and a lot of NFL quarterbacks aren't. They're guys that go out there and they, and they execute. You know, what, what's my read? What's the coverage? You know, what's the blitz? What's the, uh, you know, what's the protection? All these things. Uh, well, Deshaun Watson, he was good at that, but he also was good at when things broke down, uh, when uh, when you had to be creative, when when, when the timing was off uh, to make something happen. He had a huge arm, obviously, extremely athletic. He could buy time. Uh, and hit somebody down the field, and that's why that offense became, you know, so powerful. It wasn't because he was, you know, Deshaun Watson was man. He was just executing Bill O'Brien's plan up and down the field. That that's not what he was doing. He was making plays, and, and Tom Savage is just just is not that type of quarterback. And that's why they came up with 14 points yesterday, and, and ended up being the the, uh, the the loss for the Houston Texans. Uh, Sage, both Brian and I, you know, can't help but connect Colin Kaepernick to the Texans from a football standpoint. Um, I don't know where where you are on the whole picture on him, particularly in Houston, um, but it seems like the Texans are just, uh, you know, cutting off their nose to spite their face by by not bringing Cap in for this for this spot. Well, I said this about I don't know about two months ago. You know, all these NFL owners they always say you know how much that you know they put winning as a priority and winning yeah. is the most important and all these things. It's not. Uh, you know, making money is the most important, and winning is probably number two uh, for for every one of these NFL teams. Uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, if if there's one team that could say different because at the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick, uh, the, the the San Francisco 49ers were a bad football team last year. They're a bad football team this year, and he threw 16 touchdowns and four interceptions last year. Uh, I believe there's only about four to maybe five quarterbacks in the NFL uh, in 2016 who had a four-to-one touchdown-interception ratio, and Cap was one of them. So, no, he's not a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's probably not going to lead a team to a Super Bowl uh, this year uh, or, or maybe ever, but he's a heck of a lot better than a lot of these other quarterbacks out there, in particular a lot of these backup quarterbacks out there uh, who are basically in survival mode uh, as they go into the football game. So, um, you know, Houston would be a great place for him. I mean, Bill O'Brien, uh, he's coached the pro level. He's supposed to be this sort of offensive guru. Uh, to me, an offensive guru means that you give me whatever ingredients you give me, and I can make something out of it. Uh, you know, so give me a pocket passer, I can make that team great. Give me a running quarterback, I can make that team great. So, so Bill O'Brien coached at Penn State in college. He understands, he should understand the spread game. So you could take advantage of Kaepernick's, you know, strengths, which is not just his arm. But obviously his athletic ability. But you know, it seems to me the NFL has decided that uh, you know they don't want him uh, on uh, their roster because of uh, the quote unquote distraction that he brings to the table. Seems to me there's a lot of distractions that go on in the NFL uh, every single week. Uh, and uh, but you know the NFL has, has you, could, you could say you know stuck their uh, 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 heels in the ground and they're not moving on it. And I'd be very, very surprised if anybody started. Yeah, he's a distraction. Yeah, he can't read defenses. Oh, he doesn't know the playbook. Oh, he's a cancer in the locker room. Bunch of bull duke that keep spewing on the young man. But it is what it is. Let's talk about a guy who's a distraction who stinks right now and has stunk up the joint. That's Brock Osweiler. Again, added yesterday as a starter for the Broncos once again. Uh, what did you see or didn't see from him? Well, I saw that the – 
the Cleveland Browns paid him about nine hundred thousand dollars yesterday. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the only good thing football. for the Broncos, right? <laughs> yeah, for another football team, right? Um, you know, Osweiler, that offense, that Denver offense is whether it's Osweiler, whether it's uh, Trevor Simeon, it's just not a very good offense right now. And they really—it's interesting because I really thought the first month of the season, I watched two Denver games, and I was really. Uh, pleasantly surprised by sort of the dominance of their offensive line. They were they were running the football very well. Uh, they were protecting Trevor Simeon fairly well, and they were off to that hot start. But as soon as they couldn't run the football, and they really had to rely on the quarterbacks to sort of go out there and win the football game, at least move, to move the ball offensively. You know, the, the Denver Broncos were, were just not good enough to do that. They have to run the football uh, to, to give their quarterbacks a chance. None of the quarterbacks on the roster uh, are, are looking very good right now. So. Uh, I wasn't very impressed with Osweiler's performance. Obviously, they got they got to score more points to to be competitive and to win football games. Really surprisingly, is how terrible their defense looked yesterday. I mean, yeah. they gave up what fifty one points. Yeah. And this is the Denver basically steel curtain you know type defense that they you know they've had now for you know three, four, five years. That's been incredible, and that was probably their worst performance. Uh, you know, maybe in the shoot the John Elway uh, era. Yeah, you know, that was that was really a poor performance. Obviously, give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, you know this this Denver Broncos team is 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 bad. Uh, it is and it looks like it's getting worse. I mean, offensively they don't do a lot of very good things, and now defensively teams are starting to pick them apart. So uh, this is a a very interesting you know, point in the season for the Denver Broncos. They're, they're going to go right in the tank, or somehow they got to do something. Uh, to flip the switch and, and turn their turn their team north. Sage, what about the QB, the other QB in that game? Anything that really jumps out at you in terms of improvements from last year to this year from Carson Wentz? Well, just he's the whole package. I mean, I don't know. You know, people. I loved him when he came out. To be honest with you, uh, I, I'm not going to be one of those guys who pats himself on the back, but I'm going to pat myself <laughs> on the back. Go ahead. Uh, I, I saw Carson Wentz playing college. I went to Iowa State, and I saw him in his first college start. And this is. This is after being in North Dakota State for, for two or three years, winning a couple of national championships, and he was the backup quarterback. So he really hadn't played all that much. And he came into Ames, Iowa, my school, you know, smaller school, playing against the Power Five, and he just manhandled my team. I mean, he was throwing the ball everywhere with, with confidence and precision. Uh, he was hurdling guys when he'd take off and run. He was a stud. And at, at that point, I was like, man, who is this kid who in his first start is He's looking so impressive, and you know, sure enough, now a couple years later, he's one of the best you know, quarterbacks in the NFL. I, you, you, he might be a top five guy, you know, right now in the NFL. Most analysts would say if you have a, a quarterback for the next ten years, uh, Carson Wentz would be that guy. There's nothing that he doesn't do well. Uh, you know, he's a great pocket passer. He's extremely athletic and does these sort of Aaron Rodgers type things where he's now creating. You know, when that pocket breaks down, we, we saw that a few times yesterday, uh, and probably most importantly. His team really believes in him. I mean, he really has that it that everyone sort of looks for, that sort of competitive spirit uh, that everyone is really just sort of magnetized to. And they have those Philadelphia Eagles players believing, and now they got that you know that the fan base believing, and then that that's you know I think Philadelphia is the number one team in the NFL right now. Offensively, they're looking very very good, and defensively, uh, they're much improved from last year as well. So. And that, that's a hot team. I don't think anybody wants to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one is because of the quarterback, Carson Wentz. Those dang Cyclones. I picked them to win on the road this week at West Virginia. What'd they do? Pick them to win, they lose. Pick them to lose, they win, man. Come on. 
still a fabulous year they're having. I know you're proud of what your alma mater is doing, so y'all better hang on to, to Matt Campbell. Uh, let me ask you about uh, Case Keenum, because the Vikings are sitting there at 6-2 and two, at a bye week, and uh, the, the two losses, you know, he, he hasn't played too well, 50% passer, but the wins, he's been 60, 70, even 80% passer. Uh, what have you seen from Case? I tell you what, I... I, I love watching Case Keenum play because, you know, I was a backup quarterback and, you know, for my whole career. And he's, he's a guy who's still fairly young. You know, he's not 9, 10, 11 years into his career. He's still sort of the middle. I believe it's year six for him. And, uh, and he has just gone out there and, and just done a nice job. I mean, he doesn't have a huge arm. He's six foot tall. Uh, he's not some unbelievable athlete that, you know, runs around and makes people miss. Uh, he's not sort of a shock and awe type of quarterback, but he does a lot of really good things. He's very accurate. Uh, he, he's a good enough athlete where he does buy a lot of time, uh, you know, in and out of the pocket when something happens. You know, he, he can get out of the pocket a little bit and either throw it away and then get away from that you know, negative loss, uh, negative yardage play. Uh, he can also find open receivers when he starts scrambling around. He also moves around in and stays in the pocket uh, and, and for that extra hitch, that, that I mean, second or third hitch to allow a wide receiver to get open. Uh, he's athletic enough, and he was taught early in his career as a Houston Texan under Gary Kubiak that he's very good in the bootleg game uh, as well. So their offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, has called a ton uh, of bootleg plays in, in these last uh, you know six or seven games. So uh, he sort of seems like the perfect fit for this Vikings team. Obviously, everyone knows they've got a great defense. I, I believe they're the number three defense in the league right now. Uh, the running game has really picked up. Their offensive line is much improved from last year. That was the biggest weakness in 2016. And now they got this quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over very much. He's accurate, hits the guys, you know, when they're open. Uh, and when plays aren't there, he, you know, he protects the football uh, and doesn't do anything stupid. And a lot of times he gets his, his team out of, you know, bad situations. So he just sort of, he's not fancy, but he sort of seems to be just the right quarterback uh, for this Minnesota Vikings team. Sage, uh, last one for me at least. What do the Giants do in the back half of the season? Can they put Eli Manning on the bench if he's healthy just to see what Davis Webb is? It's a possibility. I, I would be surprised for a couple reasons. One, just because of you know, Eli's sort of historic importance to that New York Giants organization. You know, I backed him up in 2010, so I sort of understand that relationship. And I also you know, understand that you know, the team at some point will, will have to move on. It seems like we're getting very, very close to the end of the Eli Manning era uh, in New York. Uh, but uh, I, I just don't see them benching him, uh, at least for a start. You know, he has all these sort of consecutive start, uh, you know, type records uh, right. in New York. He's, he's, I don't know what it's been. It's been, what, 13 years or 14 years or something. I mean, just sort of an epic uh, run there. But I don't see him, you know, missing a start. But uh, I also don't see this Giants team going anywhere, uh, you know, this year. I, they are done. Uh, I think Ben McAdoo is done. Uh, I, I hate saying that, uh, but uh, this team just seems to be falling apart and playing and getting worse and worse and worse. You know, Eli, when he was in his, you know, in his sort of, as you could say, his prime, uh, you know, the two times he won the Super Bowl, 2007, 2011, they had great offensive line play. I mean, really, they had a stretch there during that really 07 to, to 11 where, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, Chris Snee and, and Sean O'Hara. Kareem McKenzie, Dave Deal, Richie Soybert. Uh, they had a group of the guys that just didn't get injured very often, and they were, they were, they were just a solid, solid group. And, you know, no, no front, 
was unusual. Uh, they, they understood every look. They could really run the football well uh, with, with Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw. But that has now changed. And, and, and I think Eli, his, his specialty was you know running that operation uh, and then play action pass and, and some good drop back. And when he needed to, and he was just the man in sort of those two-minute you know type of seat situations. He was the cool, calm uh, customer and you know, when he had to really go out and win those football games at the end. But now everything has changed. Their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. They don't run the football very well. They have to rely on Eli to, sort of, to, to have a chance. And he's that not he's not that type of quarterback. He never was. He just never was the type of quarterback to completely you know sort of own a football game. Uh, he, he needed help from from his teammates, and uh, he's very different than his brother Peyton. So I think we're sort of seeing the worst of Eli Manning because the players around him are probably the worst he's ever had in his career. Yeah, he needs to give that, that eat a W speech, man. That won't help. <laughs> uh, hey, lastly for me, have you ever seen this Hill Mary play that the Kansas City Chiefs used on my Cowboys yesterday? I, I had not, and it you know made complete sense. I yeah. mean, I, once once I saw it happen, I'm like, I, yeah, you you, uh, you you give the ball to, Ty, to, to Tyreek Hill uh, with you know two or three lead blockers, even if there's seven or eight guys back there. I mean, you, the chance of somebody. Uh, you know, trying to get that guy is is uh, that that was a great design uh, and great execution of a play. Obviously, I think that'll change the way that you know everyone does these sort of hell mary situations. You know, going forward, I, you know, you, you sort of see what the Cowboys are doing. Like, well, you know, the, the only chance you have is the hell mary, so we're just going to play everybody back by the goal line. What's the point of playing you know six yards off the ball when you know the ball is going to be sprinting back, um, you know, sixty yards over their, their heads anyway? So. Uh, and, and I bet you that'll change now. And, and, you know, in particular, you'll probably leave a couple linebackers up close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe you'll have a, a player or two on sort of the, the Tyree Hill type of player uh, and leave the rest of the guys back and then leave a couple guys right. up to try to defend that short pass. But uh, that, that, was, that was shocking because, you know, the Cowboys had played so well in the first half. They had this lead. Uh, you think it's about time to go in the half. And uh, and it wasn't even a hell mary. It was this you know screen hell mary. I guess that's what you <laughs> probably call it. And uh, it was it was executed to perfection. And, and of course, Andy Reid. You know, n- not surprising. One of the great minds in football. One of the great coaches uh, in in the NFL. You know, comes up with that play. And, uh, and of course, they were they were. It was rehearsed. It was it was planned. It was executed perfect perfectly. And of course, you know, getting the ball to Tyreek uh, Hill's hands with with open grass in front of him uh, is a very very dangerous proposition for a defense. You can read uh, Sage Rosenfeld's article in NFL QB play for the score.com tomorrow. Then Friday, an article posts on the athletic about the Vikings and follow him on Twitter for uh, all the sarcasm at Sage Rosenfeld's <laughs> 18 Sage. Great stuff this morning. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on again. All right, my Our man. pleasure. Sage Rosenfeld's uh, helping us get to the finish line almost here on a Monday morning edition of Gio and Jones. Still to come, though, John Lynch maybe asked the Patriots for Tom Brady. We'll do that next on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Uh, we'll all be back together like normal tomorrow. Gio returns. I go back to updates. Brian remains Brian, thankfully. <laughs> And as always, there's Mikey B and PDB, all here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. It is time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Bobby in Oregon. 
Any chance my Jets make the playoffs? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. We're tweeting it at, at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. When it's time to replace your battery, trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to help you choose the superstar battery that's an exact fit for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. So, pro, can the Jets make the playoffs? The Jets are 4-5? and five? Correct. Am I correct? You are correct. And they just knocked off the Bills, who's sitting at 5-3. and three. I'm going to say it will be extremely difficult. I'm going to say no. They will not make the playoffs, but... This is a strange football season. I mean, you had the Dolphins and the Raiders last night in, in a penalty field uh, football game, and the Raiders uh, got out of there with that victory. And, 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 and so the Dolphins are sitting there at 4-4 four and four, uh, currently. I'm going to say no, though. I'm going to say no. You know, Steelers, they lead the, the North, and uh, currently in the South, the Titans with their win yesterday over the Ravens are 5-3. and three. The Jaguars are 5-3. and three. So, no, they can't. But they may. <laughs> Does that help? Leaving, I'm leaving it on the table. I'm not putting anything past the Jets. If they can, can can continue to play like they did the other night where they just dominated uh, yeah. the Bills, and we know it's different each and every week, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, – I'm not going to rule them out, but as we sit here today, no. Listen, they're not 1-7, and seven, and their head coach is not about to be fired, right. so they're ahead of the game at the yeah. moment. And you look at out, out west, the Chiefs, even though they lost yesterday 6-3, and three, and, and the Raiders right behind them – Four and five, but you know, it, it's uh, there's a lot of football left, and we yeah. keep saying that at, at, on, on the college level. You know, with three uh, weekends left in the regular season, then you have the conference championships, of course. Uh, but this this NFL deal, there's so much parity, and from week to week, I don't know what's going to happen in the NFL. I have no idea. Even you know, the, the Eagles, I think you have a pretty good picture of what's going to happen there. They're going to win, uh, but even with the Patriots, they're playing playing much better now. Uh, of course, but uh, even with them, you, I, I don't know what the heck is going on. This 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 parity across the across the board is it's it's fantastic. Annoying. That's annoying. It's fantastic because that means every game is 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 meaningful and exciting. But mm. it's annoying when you your picks don't pan out. I think yeah. I was horrible this week. I think I was two and four in my picks. So so Jay Glazer on uh, Fox's NFL coverage yesterday shared the the timeline of the Niners getting Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and said this goes back to the offseason, the first time John Lynch called Bill Belichick and the Patriots, asked for Garoppolo and was told, absolutely not, he's off limits. Phone conversation ended. Lynch called back and said, well, if Jimmy's not available, would you trade us Tom Brady instead? <laughs> And of course, was told no. Um, and I assume yeah, that that no, was no. He was hung up on. I, I assume that was mostly tongue in cheek, not an actual request. But either way, I think it's hilarious. Uh, it's very hilarious. And what do you give up for him? I, I remember now the former Saints coach Mike Dick just doing the the just craziest thing, giving up his entire draft for yeah. Ricky Williams. Hook him horns, Ricky. But giving up your entire draft. Now Tom Brady, you give up the whole draft? Uh not at forty. No? No, not at 40 years old. Especially when you don't have the other pieces around him. Exactly. And and you don't have an offensive line, and, and, and you know you're not going to be able to keep him upright. So, no, you don't give up the whole draft for Tom Brady. But you no. give up a lot. Although, you know, that market where he's from, I mean, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, but, yeah, true. no, I mean, not 40-year-olds. Not and and, and how Brady. much would Tom Brady fight that? You're sending me where? What? 
Well, I, I do, do think... Do not like me? I do think that there's going to be um, a weird ending with him and the Patriots. I don't think uh, that it goes smoothly to the end. Uh, I think at some point, unless he's magic and all that avocado... By the way, <clears> he was avocado toast for Halloween. Like, we get it, dude. Like, move on. Do something different. We get it. You love it. But if that somehow is the magic potion, he can play well until 45, then maybe... Maybe not, but I just, at some point, Belichick's going to get rid of him like everybody else. Right. And, yeah, everyone has an expiration date, even Tom Brady. He's just been able to uh, extend his shelf life, and, and, and he's done it in an impressive fashion. So we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to doubt him either. I was about to give the phone number because uh, I nothing else to say, but it doesn't matter because the, the show is over. Right? They could call the mothership at 855-212-4CBS. Uh, if you want to get beamed up, talk to DA or even Mraz, I guess. Grab a line right now if the DA show follows this one uh, on your CBS Sports Radio affiliate. If not, enjoy the rest uh, of your Monday and then rejoice because Gio and Jones will be on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio promise? tomorrow. Uh, with the power invested or vested in me by nobody. Yes, I promise. <laughs> invested and vested. Whatever it is, I can't actually tell you anything. Uh, for today's show, I want to thank Sage Rosenfels and to James Laurinaitis for hanging out with us. Great job on the phones. A lot of college football questions for Brian. Good job there. Do it again next Monday. Uh, for Mikey B, for Petey Meats, for Brian, I'm Andrew. Have a great day. We'll see you all tomorrow back here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.